Do you remember the worst investing advice I ever got? And it's really, really bad. Put it all in Enron? No, it, it wasn't that, although that would have been better advice because that, <laughs> that you're, you're limited to zero. I was obsessed with tech and Google was going to IPO and I was talking to a coworker about it and he advised me not to invest in Google stock. Hi there, I'm Mindy Jensen. And I'm Carl Jensen. And this is the Mindy... And Carl. On Money Podcast, where we talk about what happens after you reach financial independence and start living your best life. On this episode, we're going to talk about the regrets we've had on our journey, and we hope to pass along some wisdom for you so if you're earlier in your journey, you don't make some of the same silly mistakes that we made. Silly? I think some of them were not silly. I think they were pretty tragic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> but first, let's take a quick break. We love using Empower to manage our money. It's a great free service that shows you what is happening with your bank accounts, with your investments, with your cash. I'm a bit addicted to it. I log on 8 to 100 times a day. He's not a bit addicted to it. He's fully addicted to it. It's a service that automatically updates your numbers giving you an instant financial snapshot. Yeah, it's super cool. If you'd like to learn more about it, go to mindyonmoney.com slash empower. Again, that's mindyonmoney.com slash empower. That's mindyonmoney.com slash empower. Was I talking too fast again? You always talk too fast. Okay. And why do we call this show the Mindy on Money Show? Because Carl on cash sounds like a cheap payday loan scam. Yeah, like one of those evil places where you pay like 35% interest. Those aren't good. And there probably is a place like Carl Cash or Carl's Cash or something like that. We should start looking this stuff up before we talk about it. Because if you go to carlcash.com, it's probably something unseemy. It's probably something not good. <laughs> okay, well, if you go to Carl Cash and it's really gross, you can email Carl at MindyOnMoney.com and tell him all about it. We might have to edit this part out if that's a, <laughs> if that's a bad site. It probably no, is, leave it in. It probably is a bad site. Uh, and again, if it's bad, email Carl. Okay, let's talk about regrets. Regrets, we've had a few. I don't even know how that song goes. Did Frank Sinatra originally do that? Or Elvis? I'm not that old. Yeah. It's not Elvis. <laughs> we have a couple different sections here. The first one we're going to talk about is our adventures in flipping. We made a lot of money with flipping. We're going to have a multi-part series on flipping coming up. But we didn't do everything great. No, we did too much. We did too much ourselves. We are DIY flippers, meaning that we, and by we, I mean mostly he, does all the work ourselves. We don't hire out much of anything. Um, the roofing, if we need a new roof, we learned the hard way that gutters are a non-DIY project. Cement flat work and drywall are almost always hired out, but everything else we do ourselves. And really, Carl does most of that work himself. And that's a lot to take on when you're working a full-time job and having small children and trying to live life. So living life gets pushed to the wayside. And these these jobs were all encompassing. Yeah, we've done about 10 flips. Would you have done, and by the way, we're sitting in 
the most recent one. This is the basement I did a couple years ago. It was a heavy lift. There was no egress window. I manually dug out the window and put that in. It would have cost like 10000 to have someone else do it. It was like 1200 to have me DIY it. We had to break open the, the concrete and the floor to put a bathroom down here. I did that as well. This was a lot of work. Would you have done this one again knowing what you know now? I would probably have done the house, but I would have hired out more of the jobs. And I think that we have always jumped over nickels to jumped over dollars to save pennies or something however that phrase goes. We didn't look at how much it was costing us in our time, in our mental bandwidth, in our life. We've been working on this house for four years and COVID happened. It would, there were several curveballs that we could not have anticipated, but also it was, it was a lot of work that some of it could have been hired out. It was a lot of work. Another thing I'd like to add is I, I think we should have done some of the work before we moved in and we could have done it like that because we bought this house when we still had our previous house and we still had that because we were going to rent it out. But at the time it wasn't even rented. It's, so one example is we redid all of the flooring in this house and it's pretty difficult to redo flooring after you've got all the furniture in and you've got kids. I just finished up the last flooring project like a week or two ago and you, you don't realize how often your kids go up and down the stairs and through their hallway until you're trying to put the flooring in their hallway. They, uh, they got quite mad. Yeah, well, they don't have a lot of patience. They're, they're not fans of the live-in flip. And they can't wait for the house to be done. Yeah, I think that we probably did a couple too many flips. We have come to the conclusion, I don't know that we've ever announced this publicly or definitively, but this is our last flip. And whenever I say that, you're like, well, you know, if something else comes along. No, no, we're not going to do any more giant flips like this. Like, how many walls are untouched in this house? Zero? Zero. Yeah, zero walls are untouched in this house. And... That's not to say that we won't necessarily buy a house that needs a new kitchen, but we're not going to buy a house that is hideously ugly, a shrine to 1979, and then decide to redo the whole thing top to bottom. That's just not the plan. Never, ever, ever, ever again. Yeah. And if you hear us talking about it, feel free to call us out. That's Mindy at MindyOnMoney.com or Carl at MindyOnMoney.com. But tune in in a couple of months and we'll talk more about flipping. It's going to be a multi-part series where we'll talk about if you want to do this, what you should do and some of the stuff, more of the stuff that you shouldn't do. We'll be talking about our experiences live-in flipping. I don't regret the concept of live-in flipping. I don't regret the money that we made doing it. I regret the manner in which we did it. And when we no longer needed the money, we continue to do it. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Yeah, let's move on. I'd like to talk about my job. My yeah, the job that I encouraged you to quit way before you actually quit it. That job? Yeah, that's right. I should have left earlier. It paid a lot. And when you're making a lot of money, it's very hard to quit. But the job was, it got really boring at the end. The product was developed, but they had to keep us on to maintain the code. So we were rewriting documents and not doing a whole lot. It was excruciating at times. I, I appreciated my coworkers. I'm so thankful for it, but I should have cut my losses before I actually did. How long before you actually quit should you have quit 
now that you have the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> Do I get to know what I know now? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I knew then what I know now, I would have quit five years before or two years before. Yeah, and, and our situation switched in a way we never could have anticipated in that right when I quit, you went back and that was unexpected and a, a nice surprise. We'll talk about that another time as well. But yeah, if I would have known that at least two years earlier. Two years? We're going to have some words when this show stops. <laughs> you think it should have been earlier? Or? Yeah, I was... I was encouraging you to quit long beforehand because he didn't love the job. It was stressful. It had a lot of weight on his shoulders for a variety of reasons. He was programming a medical device, and if he entered the code wrong, he could kill somebody, or his the device could cause somebody to die, which I would imagine would be stressful. Yeah. Oh, look, I was right. It was stressful. It was stressful. Yeah, let's let's move on to our second point. Postponing life to get to Phi is silly, and that's what we did, or that's what I did. I take full blame for this one. I discovered this financial independence thing after finding Mr. Mighty Mustache, and we went full on trying to get there as fast as possible with little regard to our daily existence in between now and that end point, and that isn't a good way to live life. I think that was kind of the message, though, at the time. I mean, we've been on the path to financial independence or following this, doing our journey for 10 years. And 10 years ago, or 11, I guess it's 11 now, that was the message was do whatever you can to get to early financial independence so that you can quit your job and live your best life. And now it seems like more people are focusing on and encouraging people to focus on the journey itself. And I think that that's really important to note. It was a different time when we were pursuing it. Isn't it interesting how it's evolved? I'm thinking that there was a really good comment because one of the original people before Mr. Money Mustache was Jacob Lund Fisker, who wrote a book called Early Retirement Extreme, I think. And I'm pretty sure he talks about living on six or 7,000 a year. Uh, I think he lived in uh, grandma's attic. And I think he literally did eat rice and beans or some kind of like high protein, super cheap food for all those years just to get there as fast as possible. So he was super extreme, but it wasn't the right decision for us. No. And if it had taken an extra year to get there, or if we had gotten there, you know, barely gotten to our fine number instead of getting there and then going well beyond... <clears throat> by just one more year syndrome, I think that that would have been a better choice for us. Yeah. And uh, along these same lines, our life was pretty much optimized for making money. We didn't... Oh, you can't use that word. Ramit said you can't use that word anymore. I, I know. I used it in the past tense, though, so it's okay. Optimized with a D on the end. Uh, that was a mistake. Everything we did was optimized for money. Let's get the best deal on airfare. Uh, let's find a by saving twenty dollars and flying all damn day. I don't know. I we got to stop over in Minnesota and Chicago. Only two layovers. I think we stayed on the same plane. We did stay on the same plane. Yes. Oh my goodness! If we had had to change planes, I would have let you hear it more. Yeah, optimizing for hotels and and pretty much everything. Like um, let's wait till the 
till the Labor Day sale to buy appliances. Let's wait for the Thanksgiving sale to buy the tools I need. Everything revolved around saving money. Waiting to save. Let's wait. We did a lot of waiting. And what would have been the difference if we paid an extra $200 for a refrigerator five years ago? Nothing. I remember another thing we'd do. We would get those offers in the mail to open up a new bank account and you get 200 bucks if you do all these things like have direct deposit for two months and blah, blah, blah. And it's that stuff might be fine to do when you're young and your net worth is like 500 bucks and that 200 is going to mean a lot. But at this point in our lives, you have to evolve with it. As we've said before, you have to realize when that stuff isn't going to be worth your time, which it clearly wasn't for us. Evolve is a really good word. We failed to evolve with our net worth. Yeah, and I'm still tempted. We get like credit card offers every day in the mail, and they always have some enticing headline on the thing. Open up an account now, and you'll get 2000 in travel credits or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I need to open it up and see what what's, this is all about. And sometimes I still do, but we've cut back on that. I need to start getting the mail. We still do. Credit card hacking, I I like to use certain credit cards to get free travel perks, and we'll talk about that on another show, but at this point, it doesn't consume our life. That is something that that the FI community sometimes does well and sometimes does not, and we are in the does not category, and I don't feel bad about that. We have a couple of credit cards that we use, and we try to use them as optimally as possible, but I don't beat myself up if I forget to use this credit card for gas instead of that credit card for gas because this one gives me more cash back. I'm not interested in all of that. I have so much going on in my head all the time. I don't have the mental bandwidth to play that game. Other people do. We also have discovered that the same amount of travel that other five people do is not the level of travel we want to do. Agreed. So that, but, and, and agreed. Look at that. We agree on it. That's the best part. Yes, dear. Of course, I agree with everything you say. You bet your butt you do. Okay. Let's talk about that horrible investment advice I got. So (laughs) what makes this so much fun is, is just, oh. I'm going to say his first name. He's probably not listening and he would probably laugh about this anyway, but this happened way back in July of 2004. I was talking to a coworker named Jorge. Hi, Jorge. And we were talking about the upcoming Google IPO. And I said, I'm really excited about this. I'm definitely going to invest. They had this unique Dutch auction IPO where anyone could invest in it. And he turned to me and said, yeah, you know what? I don't think I would do that if I were you. I'm like, I'm like well, why not? He's like, I just don't think the company has... Much of a future, it's not a good idea. I think he said something about investing in Walmart. So I thought about what he said, and and Jorge is a smart guy. This wasn't good advice. It was horrible advice, but I cut back the amount I bought. By how much? I think by at least 25%. So, on the one hand, we currently have more money than we will spend. So it it is a regret-ish. On the other hand, don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about when it comes to investing. I can tell you right now, I can think of several people in our life that would say the same thing. Oh, you shouldn't invest in tech stocks. Well, tech stocks are kind of what got us here. 
there's, you know, other things involved too, but tech stocks brought us a majority of the way here. So no, we're going to continue to invest in tech stocks. And this is not investment advice. Past performance is not indicative of future gains. We are not investment advisors. If you invest because you heard us say something, that's on you. Don't cut that part out. Uh, I'll just say something else here, which I think is pretty profound. Like AI is taking over. If Unless you've had your head in the sand like an ostrich, you know that ChatGPT came online like November, uh, 13 months ago, actually. Google declared itself as an AI first company like seven or eight years ago, which is pretty incredible. I don't know what those words mean. It means that I think Google will continue to do well. Again, not investment advice. Don't listen to me, especially. I do think Google will continue to do well. What other company's name is a verb? There are companies that's names are nouns, but, oh, let me Google this. Well, a noun is still pretty profound. I'm going to take a Waymo. I'm going to take an Uber. I guess people don't say Waymo, but people definitely say Nobody Uber. says Waymo. I'm going to PayPal you, but that's, now it's probably Venmo. We're old, so we still use PayPal. Well, is Venmo a verb? In think, that in that regard, I'm going to Venmo you. Yeah, I, I think, think that's so. that is okay. So I guess you're going to invest in Venmo then. Okay. Again, don't take our investment advice. Is Mindy a verb or a noun? Like, no. Okay. It's a noun. It's a proper noun. Yeah, I, I guess it is. What am I thinking? I've I have not had enough sleep. <laughs> if it was a verb, what would the verb be, mean? If someone said, "I'm going to Mindy you," what would that mean? Wow! Cut this whole part out. That's awful. No, it could be a good thing. Like. <laughs> I'm going to pay you a great compliment. I'm going to give you a Mindy. I'm going to Mindy you. Yeah, I don't follow where you're going with this at all. Okay. Next. Uh, listeners, if you have anything, leave it in the comments <laughs> section. Please keep it above brow. Uh, so our last one, why don't you take it? This one is near and dear to our hearts, especially lately. Yeah, this one is, I think, this is near and dear to many people's hearts in the FI community. One of my biggest regrets on our journey to financial independence is that we did not learn to exercise our spending muscle appropriate to our net worth much sooner. And I say this as though we have learned magically to exercise our spending muscle. We're getting better. There are still things that pop up every day that make me think, oh, I can't afford that. When in fact I can easily afford it if I bought it and lost it it would mean nothing to my net worth, but I still question the purchase. Can you think of anything that we should have spent money on earlier, a service or a specific item? People helping out in the houses. People helping out and people, we were so busy with jobs and all this stuff. We should have, we, we've hired a cleaner recently and that's been game changing, but doing that five yeah. or 10 years ago would have been uh, great that would have been really great. Way more game changing. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the things that we've regretted are actions that we didn't take. Advice that you would give to our dear sweet listeners. Well, one other point about this is most of these things, these services or things we would have spent money on, they're not big things. It's not like we should have bought the beach house or we should have lived in a different area or we should have bought a different car. It's little things that would have made our daily life or our projects a little bit easier and made them move a little bit faster. So I, I encourage people to have that thought exercise, have a conversation with your partner 
and think of your pain points and what you could potentially eliminate from your life to reduce the friction of day-to-day life. If you have kids, it might be something around that. It's going to be very specific to whatever your situation is now, but it's a conversation everyone should have, and I wish we talked about it a lot, but we didn't act on it. We talked about hiring people, which is a whole other thing. We'll talk about that again in our Flips episode, but we had a friend who could have helped us more, and I don't know why I didn't. Well, I do know why, because I'm too cheap. Because you're too cheap. I know exactly why. I brought it up multiple times, and you're like, no, I'll just do it myself. So I guess my regret is not being more forceful with you. I'm pretty bossy. I don't know why I let you say no and just be like, okay. Yeah, you're super bossy. I'm like the best at being bossy. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about some more general advice before we end this one. Yes, so our dear listeners, if you have come to this show wondering what our regrets are and wondering what you can learn from our regrets, the one about asking how you can make your life easier is probably my top tip. We were talking to our friends, Waffles on Wednesday, and... Uh, Mrs. Wow said, when we moved recently, Mr. Wow asked me, what could we do that would make your life easier? And she said, hire a cleaner. So they hired a cleaner and she said, that's been the best money we've ever spent. And it isn't that expensive. If your net worth is $500, then you definitely have more time than money and you can clean your own house. But if your net worth is significantly more and you hate cleaning and you have my permission to go ahead and hire somebody to clean your house. So if this is something that you hate, hire it out. My big one is to understand really the whole purpose of FI. And the purpose of FI is to increase your happiness. It just so happens that in the context of FI, releasing yourself from formal work might increase your happiness because you've got more time for yourself. But knowing that the whole point of FI is happiness, why would you postpone that to some future date when you could have it now? So find ways to be happy, even if you are working. Uh, If you have issues with your life, FI isn't going to fix it either. So definitely work on yourself and don't postpone happiness, even if it takes you a little longer. And this feeds into another one I want to talk about real quick. I was talking to Brad Barrett recently from Choose FI, and his brother is not FI, but he has savings, and he took a couple of years off to spend time with his young children. This doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing proposition. Save some money, and then if you realize you've got a passion or you want to backpack Europe or Southeast Asia, is that what all the kids are doing now, Southeast Asia? <laughs> you could do it. You might not be fine yet, and that's fine. It, it used to be where I remember recruiters telling me or job counselors at college saying you can't have any gap in your resume. But now that's not true. Companies like Apple and Google encourage you to take time off to go find yourself or to work on yourself or go back to school. So it's not going to be any kind of knock against you if you've taken some time off. Another one that I think is pretty important is to know your level of enough, which we clearly did not do because we're sitting in yet another flip that's not done. I heard an interesting perspective on this. This was actually from Ramit where someone was talking about waiting in line to buy cheap theater tickets, even though they had a net worth of $5 million. And Ramit's response to that was, you have $5 million. You can clearly afford to pay the full price. There are people who cannot afford it, and you're taking those tickets away from them. So I think people should think about that when it comes to their investments, especially 
Uh, well, I think real estate is a great example. If you've got enough houses and everything is taken care of, it's easy to just add another house because your systems are in place and all that. But maybe you're taking a house away from a, from an investor who's looking for their first property or maybe even more striking, maybe you're taking a house away from someone who just wants a place to live. You don't really need the money, so you're depriving someone else of opportunity. Yeah, when you don't need the money and you're depriving somebody else of the opportunity, that's just selfish. I used to get nasty comments on the blog, too. My blog is 1500days.com. People would say, well, look at you, Mr. No Longer Paying Your Income Taxes because you don't have a job and all that. But I've done something else. I didn't need this money anymore. I stopped working and gave someone else a job. Maybe a couple people if I think highly of myself. (laughs) And actually, I don't think it came to that. But if you quit and someone else gets a job, you're providing opportunities. And then that person's going to pay the taxes. You're going to be home and probably not using as much of the services of the world or government. So you're going to be you're going to be treading a little bit more light with everything. I think that's a silly argument. Oh, you're not paying income tax anymore. Then if you feel it's your civic duty to pay income tax every year that you're alive, then don't quit your job. But that's a silly reason for not pursuing financial independence. Well, and the other thing about that is if you if you're in a place to retire early, you probably made a lot of money and you probably paid a lot of taxes. You just did it all up front, which is great. So you front-loaded the IRS, which is great. They'd rather have all their money earlier, right? Don't dollar cost average front load it. We'll put a link to the Mad Scientist article. So we're just front loading the tax system. <laughs> or that's what I tell myself. That's a terrible argument. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll cut this out. Or, <laughs> Leave it in. Yeah, yeah. It's just a terrible argument. <laughs> okay, is there anything else? I think we're good. I mean, we've got, I'm sure we have way more regrets. This is what we came up with right now, and we don't want a nine-hour episode. Um, Bottom line is stop and smell the roses and enjoy the journey. Because if you are just on this hell-bent to get to financial independence, you are going to have a miserable life like we did. Miserable might not be the right word, but it certainly wasn't the most enjoyable time we could have had. Yeah, it's great now. I'm curious. The question that comes to my head is, what would I do different? And I'm not sure. Uh, there's a lot of things I would do different, but maybe not either. We're in a good place now, and maybe we had to go through those things to really appreciate what we have now. We wouldn't be the people we are now if we hadn't gone through all of those things. But I would be curious to see who we would be if we hadn't gone through all those things. I just hope that our story helps other people live a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for, balanced life instead of ours. Where yes. <laughs> work, yes. work, work. Don't get 10 years past your FI journey beginning and have all of these regrets. Yeah. I haven't broken a finger in like six months. Remember the retaining wall incident where I dropped a retaining <laughs> block on my finger? <sighs> laughing now. That was a really awful time. What's our next episode going to be about? And this will be our last episode in the, we call this the Remit series because these first five, a lot of it relates back to our appearance with Remit and what we learned from talking to him. So what is our last one, which will come out tomorrow, Friday? Yes. Our last of the first five is a 2023 year in review wrap up where we talk about spending, we talk about travel, we talk about we spent a lot of money last year. 
and we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of our experience of spending. Where can people find us? You can find us at MindyOnMoney.com. Just this morning, I added two of my favorite investing books to our site. If you go to MindyOnMoney.com slash books, you will see them. All right. If you would like to help spread the word, please share this episode or this podcast with a friend. Thank you for listening. Thank you.